This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. See you later. Bird. That'd be a nice position to be in for Christmas. I think we had the chance a couple of weeks ago to do the same, so hopefully we can take this one because we've been doing really well recently. So well, it's going to be Bristol City to kick us off. They'll be attacking towards the cop end first of all. Not been in a great run of form, so Wednesday will be hoping to try and add to their misery. They're trying to drive through the, the middle straight away as it comes out towards the right-hand side. A familiar face, Jack Hunt has just rolled in towards the box. They've cut it back towards the edge of the area, and an early chance there for Bristol City. He's out of his area. Looking to boot this through the middle. Winnell does that flick that on, one. and he's managed to find uh, Newey, who is brought down. It's a foul. It is a foul. It's a penalty, but it must be right at the line. I, I was expecting a free kick, but uh, it. it was a penalty. It is a penalty. It was all over. Atinui. That's a silly place to make a challenge like that, though. So Bannon comes forward now. Left-footed, strikes it and slots it away. Bradley goes the wrong way and opening the scoring. Wednesday go potentially up to third if it stays this way in the table. Wednesday third now in the table a decent place to be heading into Christmas it's a great result for us obviously it wasn't it wasn't pretty at, at times but we've done what we had to do and uh, we take the three points definitely the Wednesday week the Sheffield Wednesday fan podcast Right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday Week, your Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name's Vic, and I'm a little bit croaky this week, so you're going to have to bear with me. But I do have two gents on the line to keep me entertained. Uh, Stevie, good evening. Hello, how are you? Not very well. Hello. Well, I I don't (laughs) like to talk about it. I don't like to draw attention to it, Steve. But yeah, I've been unwell. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Just in the the, the build up to Christmas. been a while since I've been on. Um, looking forward to um, eating loads, drinking more, getting absolutely smashed over the next few days. Um, yes. Yeah. Have you found that you know? Really since... guilty about it as well. Do you feel like having made your comeback tonight? Are you going to score a hat trick? Perfect hat trick, or is that just perfect hat trick? Yeah, awesome. that's it. Standard. <laughs> uh, and may- maybe a fourth off the backside as well. Yeah. Well, why not? <laughs> Steve McLean can do it. <laughs> okay, and Dave, we've got you this evening. Hello. Hello, hello. I'm back. And um, seeing as we uh, I recorded last time and we won, um, I'm going to consider that a good luck charm. So that's why I'm here for keeping the good times rolling. <laughs> that's the one. And you are keeping <laughs> the league alive and well. Obviously, we'll so talk about that in a bit. Hi uh, guys, before before we move on, obviously I've, I'm covering for Fudge tonight, even though I'm not well, I don't like to mention it, um, but Fudge is working, but he has sent me his true or falses across, so just to put these out there straight away, Steve, true or false, 
Jordan Rhodes actually prefers Corfu. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, true. It is. It's true. Yeah, it's true. He actually prefers yeah. Corfu and Malia. He's put at the top. Okay, and Dave, just one for you. True yes, yes. or false? Barry Bannon has lovely balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll go for that. That's probably true. I yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very true. It is very true. So, speaking of Barry Bannon's lovely balls, we're going to react to the Bristol match now. Were both of you there? I wasn't. Um, I couldn't make it. My, my daughter was in a gym show, so I had to watch it at home and then shoot across town. In to, a gym uh, to show? A gym, gymnastics. Bless her eyes. Oh, right. Oh, that's, um, so that's I had to less go and interesting, watch her. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but probably safer, marginally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't get did, it. So, did she um, win? I managed to watch it on Skype. She um, wasn't a competition, it was a spectacular. So um, just stood oh, okay. for an hour and watched her, watched her jump up and down for a grand total of about 30 seconds. So but it was um, a great day. Great day. <laughs> well, it's the taking part that counts, isn't it? That's More it things is. in life should be referred to as a spectacular. That's just a great way to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not a competition. It's a spectacular. No, just, be, just be amazing. That's how it was sold. So, Dave, did you get along? <laughs> um, did no, you see Barry Bannon's lovely balls? No, from 250 miles away, um, a 500-mile round trip for the way the game panned out wouldn't have been worth it as much as watching it in the house. So um, I didn't. I, I saw Barry Bannon's magnificent balls from afar, but not far from where he was from. <laughs> exactly. So kind of doing it properly. Oh, okay, so man of the match, there was a lot of discussion after the game on Saturday, uh, Sunday. So talking about man of the match now, there were a few contenders, weren't there? I mean, Jack Hunt obviously wasn't one of them, which was great. Um, but who else would you put up there, Dave? Do you know something? I think with the way we played the game out over the course of the 90 minutes, there was a fair few people that had a, a dead, good, solid professional performance. I think Bannon getting the man of the match was a fair point, but that whole back five um, performed well. I thought, you know, Dawson... When called upon, um, that last few minutes, just to have that commanding display of the, of his of his area, and to not have that heart in your mouth, that's that's where you see games out, and and the defense being able to see the match out. Um, I think any one of them could have stepped up to it. Palmer switched positions, Iorpa switched positions, Lee's looked solid at the back. Um, all in all, it was a good performance. So they they could have been without anybody being spectacular themselves so Bannon probably right or a right good team performance because a lot of seven or eights out of ten yeah I'd agree with that and also how nice is it that Liam Palmer seems to be as he's edging slowly towards like his 30s now he seems to be becoming like the Lee Bullen of the club like he's been here that long oh Liam will play like it's all right we need a left back now it's all right Liam will play in it fine it's just he just seems to be like he's quite willing to do his bit for the team isn't he if there's a game immediately after the game is just played for 90 minutes, you know, like if, you know, somebody's a man short at five sides, he'd just go and have another game. Just, you know, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> oh, go and yeah. have another game. Yeah, that's fine. As long as it was benefiting the club, he'd be quite of happy course. with that, I think. I think another person that deserves a shout out, um, Steve, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I thought Adam Reach had a cracking game on Sunday. Yeah, I'd agree. He's had a, a fair bit of stick this season, um, you know, for, for, for abject performances in and out. Um, talked about uh, reasons that might be sitting behind that. I thought he was, he, he's looked steady, um, or he, he did look steady yesterday. Um, I spoke earlier in the year um, about him and his position. I think he's found it now, not necessarily found it now, but it, it suits him. The way we've set up at the moment, I think Monk's found a formation and a, a style of play that suits us. Um, he's, it's like he's had a look. Um, at the team for you know a couple of months now, and he's decided that this is what he's, how he's going to set his stall out. I thought Reach yesterday um, was, was fantastic cutting in. Um, one thing I would say, a little bit inconsistent in terms of the crosses that we managed to put in, but you know mm -hmm. I thought he he, he he ran himself into the ground. He looked he looked sharp. He looked good, um, and I was pleased to see um, see him back to something like what what we saw last year. 
I think it's it's been interesting, hasn't it? Because I know, he, you know, there, there were lots of reasons that were discussed about why he was probably off the boil and, you know, had he been unwell and various other things. But I think I, I personally never thought he'd be one of those players that would need a kick up the arse. But it seems to have worked, which <laughs> I would have just never put him down as that. I would have just thought he was the ultimate professional. He just got on with his game and whatever else. But actually, it seems that Monk has given him a bit of a kick up the backside and a bit of a rocket. And it seems to have spurred him on, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but I think one thing that you're seeing at the minute, and, and maybe Dawson's another case in point, you can argue about whether or not Westwood should, is, is still the player that he was. But it seems to me at the minute that a player, players are playing based on merit and based on, you know, they're, 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 they're getting in there, they're taking the shirt, they're keeping the shirt. And I think it, it seems to be at the minute that Monk certainly doesn't have any favourites. So if you're not doing it, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, behind the scenes and, and what have you, but I don't know the approach that Monk has had with Reach, whether it was, you know, literally a kick up the backside, you're not at it, or it was a, we're going to take you out of the firing line for a, for a little while, you get your head right, but when you come back, and I think that's testament to, to Monk's ability to manage the, the squad at the minute, so fair play to yeah, Monk and, think, and well done to Adam Reach. I think either one of those scenarios just shows that Gary Monk seems to know exactly what he's doing. I think sometimes yeah. that helps with being a younger manager, fresher out of playing as well. Um, I think, you know, we've, we talked about Bruce on whoever else when, you know, the last of the greats, the last of the big name, like old school managers. But actually, these younger managers that are coming through do seem to be a bit more aware of, the, they seem to be a bit closer to their footballing career to have a bit more empathy with players. Um, so obviously, one person that wasn't there on Sunday was Stephen Fletcher. Was there, was there any mention on Sky of where he was? I mean. I, I literally went to the match, got drunk and went home and then I've been at work all day. So I don't really know what's happened. Um, was there, was there any sort of mention? A, a sickness, I think. I didn't actually go any further into it, but um, I think it was just some bit sort of... Man like, flu, isn't it, for yeah, bit of man flu, into it? Bit of man flu. Got a bit of what you've got. But yeah. But not actual pneumonia, I would hope. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Fletcher's, but ob- Fletcher's, Fletcher's ob- obviously feeling 10 times worse than you, Vic, though, isn't he? Obviously, well, yeah, because he's a man. Obviously, yeah, and I've got a full head of air. I keep a little bit of water. <laughs> <laughs> so, do do you think that we missed him? Then I I must admit, I I think that that game with Stephen Fletcher probably instead of New Hugh, I think we might have got another goal or two out of that. Um, what do you guys think? I'd be inclined to agree with that. I think that uh, I think New Hugh's came in and he's done. He's done what he can do in terms of how he plays. He's never going to be Fletcher, and I think when you see when you when Fletcher's not there, yeah, you really appreciate how much he brings in terms of leading the line. But it's not just leading the line with his back to goal. He's looking for little pockets. He's looking for little spaces. He's linking up well, and that's why he's that's why he's done as you know he's been as as his command of the transfer fees he has through his career, and he's as good a player as he is, and for our benefit, he's getting better or seems to be getting better. So, whilst New Year's He's filled in admirably, I think, in the way that in the best of his ability to not have Fletcher there um, was a loss. And I think you're probably spot on, Vic. I think had that had he led the line for that game, had he been fitter, um, we could have we could have seen maybe us take one one or maybe more of those chances. But by the same token, I think if he has been badly and um, it wasn't going to be 100, percent he's as well sitting that out. Uh, we've got the result we needed against Bristol and hopefully uh, it'll be something like the Boxing Day um, and ready to carry on his, his good form. I think one interesting thing I saw about Stephen Fletcher this week as well, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was a statistic that said this season could be his best season um, mm. in the last 10 years. So every like his best season so far, he scored 12 goals and he looks set, obviously, he's on 12 now. We would all imagine slash hope there might be another one in there to get it up to his best yet. But I think that that kind of, that shows a bit more about the club as well, I think, this year, because to me, it doesn't feel like, I know he is prolific at the moment. He's scoring good goals. He's setting up goals. He's there and he's, you know, by and large, our best player. Um, but to me, it doesn't feel like it's been his best goal scoring season of his career. I think that's quite... He seems to have done it quite subtly, um, but obviously it's that's a huge achievement. If it, you know, if he gets that thirteenth, that fourteenth, fifteenth, that that's pretty big, I would say for him. You know, he's how old is he now? Thirty-two, something like that. 32, I think, yeah. yeah, he's early thirties. So isn't he's, 
Yeah, so he's not getting any younger. And to be having that now is a pretty good statistic, I would say. Okay, so moving on, we're going to talk about the penalty. Um, I was on the north stand. So for me, not only did it look like it didn't look like a penalty at all, it also looked like it happened on Parkside Road and absolutely nowhere near the box. So I don't know. But I've seen it back now. Obviously, it, it was a penalty. It was soft. But I think had that been outside the area, we would have 100% expected a foul for it. And then they're the kind of penalties that you complain when you don't get. So I think it, it was, it was soft. But what did you guys think watching it on, on telly? 100% agree. It was a penalty. Um, it was a soft penalty. Um, it was in the area. I didn't like, I, I listened to, to uh, Johnson, Lee Johnson afterwards coming out saying he'd been in the, the referee's room and the referee had apparently apologised saying it was soft and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it was a foul. And as you've just said, if that happens outside the area, it's, it's, a, it's, it's definitely going to be given. Um, and it was 100% more of a penalty than the one we conceded against Derby. So nobody's nobody's going to tell me that um, we didn't deserve it uh, yesterday. So I'm happy with, with the way it went down. For me, it's the same thing. Yeah, I'm going for that as well. I'm going for the fact that um, I think with the one, one of the good things uh, we've got in the Championship over the course compared to what the Premier League's having to suffer uh, with the VAR is that you have to be philosophical when you have a bad decision go against you and say these things tend to even themselves out and I know Bristol City mm-hmm. won't feel that way but from a Wednesday point of view possibly possibly with the blue and white specs on when it goes in our favour that derby penalty and um, that Cardiff free kick when um, Flint was doing yeah. the, the jumping jacks and there's, there's been things that's happened yeah. to Wednesday that you're looking at it and going well that's not right or that should have been pulled back or that should have been remedied or that should have been fixed or whatever and those moments, as long as you remember when things go for you, it was a penalty. I'm not saying it wasn't, but yeah, it mm-hmm. could could you have saved his feet? Perhaps so, but that time it fell for us. Sometimes it's fallen against us, and and that's 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 great. As for Lee Johnson saying what he's come out and said, um, I've had, oh, he's I've a mardy little arse, isn't he? he is, isn't it? It's just <laughs> that, that lack of height really really affecting him. Um, but, <laughs> One of their guys I always was forget how small he is until we play them at home. Like, because he's so—I'm sorry, guys—but he's the hottest football manager in the football league. <laughs> and then, and on TV, you see him interviewed, and you think, "Flaw!" And then he seems to do it on the touchline, looks like a bloody mascot. It's I don't think I noticed when they were doing—they were doing the manager interviews before and uh, after the game with him and Monk, and they have the 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 screens behind with the the advertising, the sponsors, where the the sky cameras are. And Lee Johnson's so small, you can actually see the bottom of where that cuts off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could keep him in your pocket. Now, thinking about this penalty then, so we're saying about how it was soft. Do we think that the actual, the player involved in that had something to do with it? Because would Forestieri have been given that penalty or would Forestieri have been booked for diving? I would think Forestieri would have been sent to prison. <laughs> <laughs> 24 match ban and six months community yeah, service. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I think it, it does say a lot, though, you know, when it's someone who's eight foot four that's brought down like that. And, you know, Atty, he's come into his own the last two seasons. We've said that a million times now. But I think to go down like that, it's not a very Atty move, is it? He's normally the one giving away those silly fouls. To actually go down, I think the referee must have seen it and thought, you know, that that did look genuine because obviously, like I said, when we saw it, we thought, well, that went to penalty and it went in the box. But it honestly looked miles out. I think Atty's got really good game management. I think when you've seen some of the problems that we've had when we've been trying to see games out and either making a backside of it or really getting, you know, sort of squeaky bums, when Atty seems to have got the ball in the sort of 80-something minutes when when he's just come on or whatever, he seems to be smart in terms of when he takes the ball into the corner, when he tries to just trap the ball and let himself get knocked over, or in this instance, when he's felt a touch from the back of him. He's made a run. I think he's made a run with the intention of hoping that he was going to get uh, that contact, and he did. And and, and then he's just he's, he's done what you would expect, I think, most footballers to do nowadays. Um, I think other people in the team have not necessarily got the same grasp of it. Um, there's been times when going back a bit now, Joao was terrible at, you know, not doing what uh-huh. he's supposed to do, you know, running the ball into the corner when you want that to happen. It's crap and it's like anti-football, but 
that's what will get you the difference between winning you that point or winning you that three points. And Nuyu was smart. He was just clever with it. And he's, and he's, shown, he's shown good sense. He's taken a good position and he's done He's, he's done what the team needed, perhaps, or um, he's, he's made the most of the of the opportunity. And I think this is maybe something that's underrated uh, when you see people that ha- that don't do that, with, that do give away things a bit stupid and, and careless to give away position. He knows what he's doing. When he's sent on usually at 70-something minutes and told, you know, get, get your head on the ball, uh, try and keep the ball in the dangerous areas, and if we manage to get a goal, try and run the game out, he'll do that to a tee. I don't think he lets us down with things like that. and. Um, you know, I think you've got to you've got to see what he brings. There's a lot that lot of stuff he doesn't do, which other strikers do do, and what you'd like him to do. But he's good at what he does, and we need to appreciate that. I think the yeah, other there thing was a collective is, groan that went round when he was announced to starting as well. That always winds me up. But I kind of I get it because people were disappointed, obviously, with no Fletcher. But what more could New Hugh have done, really? I mean, like you said, he he plays a game. He knows what he's doing. He knows his strengths. You know. He's never going to be Thierry Henry up front, is he? Let's be honest. He's always going to look, like we've said before, he looks like he's lost his keys. He always looks confused. His arms wave about a bit. But he gets the job done. And um, I must admit, every time he takes it into the corner, though, I do wonder if it's going to be that like wonder goal from last season again, where he just decides, actually, nah, fuck it. I'm going to hoof it in. <laughs> so... <laughs> So as far as the penalty went as well, there was absolutely no question in anyone's mind on that football pitch who was going to take it. Um, Barry Bannon didn't leave that up to anybody, did he? No, he didn't. Um, it, it, <laughs> I think by that point, by that point of the game, it, it, it was one of those where you could see second half. You were watching it; the camera kept cutting to him. He, he was growing in confidence. He wanted to get hold of the game. He was he was bossing it. He was moving about. His, his confidence was. Clearly the highest on the pitch. I think, um, as you just said, there's nobody that was going to take that ball off him. And uh, the the keepers tried every trick in the book to time where he's got booked for it, was hanging on to the net. Oh, what um, a loads, knob, yeah. L- loads and loads of gamesmanship. <laughs> but again, it cut, it cut to Bannon's face and he was just focused on the goal. And there was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to stick it in the bottom corner. I think as well, the moments like that kind of show his leadership qualities as well. Obviously, he mm. wasn't captain on Sunday, but... He, he, you know, he is our backup captain, but he took that, you know, if he'd have fluffed that, I think a lot of people would have just gone, oh, well, that's crap. You know, if knew he would have fluffed that, he'd have been hanging <laughs> from town all steps, wouldn't he? Let's be honest. So yeah, it, yeah. I do think he had, he had to make a decision there and he knew, he always knew he was going to score it, but I think he also took the risk of if he didn't, it wouldn't be anywhere near as bad as the stick that, like knew he win all anyone else would have got really. I think this is mm. what we've seen him now do. He, he has stepped up, and you can see why he's taken that sort of uh, captaincy role when Tom Leeds is unavailable. What he wants involved in everything, and I think it's spot on with that. Vicky. Despite his stature, he's got really, really broad shoulders, and and I think he has got that personality that if it if it goes right, you know, he'd put it on the team. If it goes wrong, it's my fault, and I think he'd be very quick to do that, and. To have some to have a character we, we've been speaking for weeks months years about you know lack of leaders on the pitch and these people that scream and shout and we still haven't got that but Bannon does bring something in terms of a leading by example the same way that Tom Lees must do but to have both of those on the pitch um and you know Lees being that influence on the defense and Bannon just wanting the ball constantly get you know every single I think there was a statistic I saw when they subbed one of their boys on, about the hour mark He'd had nine touches in the entire game, and then Sky uh, brought Vyman, <laughs> Andy Vyman. Uh, Vyman. That's exactly it, Vyman. That's the man. And then ten minutes later, it showed Bannon, and he'd had sixty-three touches. And you're going, that yeah. guy. He's, mm. he's, he's had the ball seven, seven times as much as one of their guys because he just wants it all the time. And even if he makes a bad pass, mm. and occasionally Bannon did put one or two slightly sloppy yeah. passes, but he doesn't dwell on it. Give me the ball back. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do something else. And to have that drive, if you're in, if you're in defence as a Wednesday player and he's always dropping deep and getting the ball or you're a wide player and you haven't got the option down the wing, he's always wanting to come short, give it me, I'll do something with it. And he can just see that. And if you're if you're one of his teammates to always have that out ball, always have that that ten yard short pass option, um, it must be brilliant. He just keeps the team ticking over nicely and it might take eighty minutes before the opportunity pops up, but he'll just keep going at it and keep going at it. And it's is 
fitness and his, his work ethic is phenomenal and is mm. imperative to everything that Wednesday are doing at the minute. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. So, lads, before we move on to Stoke away on Boxing Day, there happens to be quite a big, say, let's say, holiday in between. Um, so tonight, as we're recording, it's Christmas Eve Eve. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve, and then it's Christmas Day, and then it's Boxing Day. We go to Stoke, so we'll talk about that in a bit. What are your plans for Christmas? What what's what's going down? What's going down in the Montague Dangerous household? <laughs> in, in my household, it will be me running around after two extremely hyper children and an extremely hyper wife, and uh, cooking and facilitating them before taking them all over to the in-laws where they can have a happy, fun day amongst millions and millions of Scottish people before I have to go home to my bed because I'm working at 7 o'clock on Boxing Day morning. Oh, that's a bit gutting, isn't it? What about Christmas <laughs> Eve? Do you at least get to enjoy Christmas Eve? Uh, I'm a 7 o'clock start on Christmas Eve as well. It's uh, unfortunately. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd not asked. It makes Merry me Christmas. feel better about doing nine to five <laughs> tomorrow. I'm keeping people safe if that helps. Exactly, exactly. Doing your bit, doing your bit for Scotland. <laughs> it's like our very own Nicola Sturgeon. What about you, Stevie? What are you up to for Christmas? It will be um, a Christmas morning of excited daughters running about the house. Um, Convinced that Santa has actually been because they still believe, bless them, um, keeping my wife happy. Um, the in laws well, coming I up. I do, so. Yeah, yeah. The in laws will be up um, for an afternoon of eating, drinking way too much, and then board games of an evening before um, dispatching them to a hotel. I think they're staying in a hotel and then uh, off to bed, ready for Boxing Day. So I want to know, right, you two are both dads, right? And in, in my house at Christmas, I go to my mum and dad. So there's me, my mother, my dad, uh, Nanan, Morrison's Nanan. She goes along, Auntie Kay, Uncle Nobed, and our kid. And we all get together. <laughs> and there's, so there's, there's two dads at the table. Obviously, you two are dads. How long does it take you within the prawn cocktail being served? Or is it even before, before somebody makes that fucking emergency chairs joke? <laughs> we're loaning out the emergency chairs this year so um oh, yeah. conversation yeah it, there was a 10 minute conversation this afternoon about where do we sit do we sit in the dining room or the kitchen how are we going to transition from one room to the next we're going to have to start playing musical chairs literally because we're loaning our mates the chairs so yeah <laughs> it started already i wouldn't mind my mom and dad don't even have emergency chairs it's just like this <laughs> ongoing somebody has to say it and it's just ridiculous i bet fudge does it i bet fudge says it every bloody year fudge will say it oh yeah. honestly <laughs> and then do you watch the queen's speech no no, no. <laughs> bloody hell that pair of scrooges no emergency chairs no monarch in fairness i've got an emergency oh. chair i don't make comments about it but every time it comes out and we've probably had it for about 10 years it's an Ikea number, and obviously everything in the Ikea catalogue seems to be named after beautiful Swedish things, you know, like your bookshelf called the Nilsson or the Alexanderson or whatever. <laughs> this this yeah, chair yeah. is called Jeff. It's called Jeff, and I don't know. I don't know how Swedish <laughs> Jeff is. But, um, so every time that chair comes out, that that always gets mentioned um, that we're getting Jeff. So that's the closest I can get. So that the, you're getting there, then you are getting there because it, it just yeah. does my head in every year, and it. Like we banned the B the B R E X word a couple of years ago. That was banned from the kitchen table. But the emergency chairs joke, I just can't seem to block it out yet. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully someone will forget about it this year or realise that we're not actually sat on emergency chairs at all. So then, obviously, <laughs> we move on to Stoke on Boxing Day. Now, is it me or have we played Stoke on Boxing Day quite a few times in the last decade? I think if it fell on a Tuesday, it if... just feels like a total Tuesday night game. Like every time I think of Stoke, it it's is. always it's I can think kick off of at least two boxing days that I've driven to Stoke away. Definitely. Because I always seem to think it's close to my mum and dad. Stoke ain't close to anything, is it? Yeah. it, it like, quick, well, extinction. Quick, but it's not... quick, <laughs> quick, Google, quick Google search. Um, 26th of December, 2006. So 2006 and 2002. Oh, bloody hell. Have we played them at home on Boxing Day? Uh, no. 
Oh, well, it must have been 2006 then that I drove because I don't think I could drive in 2002. So, <laughs> oh, it's just been, <laughs> I've only been the one. But it's one of those games, though, that when I lived at my mum and dad's in Derbyshire, I always thought it was a lot nearer than it is. And it's really not, is no, it? No, no. So, obviously, they are sat rock bottom, out of the bottom of the championship, just praying for the EFL to dock us 21 points <laughs> and Van Forestieri for life. Do we do we see this being a complete, as Fudge would call it, a banana skin, or do we think we are going to get something from this, Stevie? Um, I sit in the um, pessimistic camp, and I think this is going to be one of those banana skins, I think. Um, it's one of those where they're struggling. They lost to Middlesbrough on Friday night. And they're in the relegation zone. Um, they're struggling for form. I've just seen on on Sky today that they've got McLean and Ward are doubts to where their big players are doubtful. So they'll probably not play. They'll chuck a couple of kids in um, and end up turning us over 3-1. <laughs> so um, it's on, pa- mm. on paper, it's one of those games where we're high on, ca- on confidence. We should be going out there and, and really sort of nailing our colours to the mast and, and staking a claim to say that, you know, we are the real deal. Um, we, we, we're not in a false position. We're getting to that point now in the season where we can start looking at the league and, when we do actually start looking at the league and realise where we are, it's it's a pretty decent picture at the minute. Um, so I just hope that, in all seriousness, we, when we turn when when we get there on on Boxing Day, we turn up and we we put in a performance because, um, as we said, it's a, it's a hell of a trek to go out there and we've sold out, haven't we? Um, so it'd be nice to think that we can put in a performance that will send the lads home happy. And obviously, Fletcher is supposedly due back for that game. Uh, Dave, do you think he'll be? Straight back into the starting lineup, or do you think we might see the same as Saturday and Fletch coming on a bit later? I think I think if uh, if Fletcher's fit, he plays the way. I don't. The only question I would have is who plays alongside. Um, I don't think Rhodes was uh, as impressive, perhaps in that game against Bristol as if he had to be in the Forest game. And I appreciate he can't go out and score hat tricks every single day uh, and every single game. Albeit he used to do well, he used to, didn't he? I'm not going to he say really he used, used to. to. Um, but I, I, I don't know if if, if I think if Fletch just fit, he plays. But I think perhaps he would just go with Nuyu and Fletch. I think Stoke are going to play in such a dig anything out kind of way, given the fact of their league position. And I, I just feel every time I think of Stoke, it's just this whole Rory Delap era of mm. punting into the box, Tony Pulis anti football and. Maybe that's completely unfair. Maybe Jones uh, has got them playing better, but with the way things are going at the moment, I think they would just take digging in, trying to stifle us, and trying to pinch a pinch a game, uh, pinch a goal. Uh, I think that's how they'll set up. I think it's a terrible way to set up if you're at home, but needs must if they're in the position they're in. Stevie says, obviously, with everything where the way Wednesday are playing in a league position, we're going to want to put another message out there saying this league position is fitting of how we're playing. Mm. It's a statement of intent. And that win against Bristol was one of those wins that you talk about when you can play, you can dig in, you can play not brilliant and still get a result. So this is going to be another one of those instances um, if we can get that. Uh, I think Stoke will make it extremely difficult. Um, however, I find myself sat in Stevie's camp of pessimism, unfortunately. <laughs> Do I even want to ask a score <laughs> prediction from you both? Or... Yeah. Bloody hell, should we just hang up now? <laughs> Um, head says one nil Stoke. <laughs> um, Ooh. I just it's it's one of those enjoy, enjoy the trip. Yeah, folks. I just I, it's, it's I really hope I'm wrong. Um, as I said, I think the the game we played yesterday was one of those uh, six weeks ago. We, we'd have got we, we'd have either drawn or got nothing out of it. You know, we're we're starting to turn it around a little bit. Um, and I'd like to think we can keep that momentum going, but I've just got a real sort of sinking feeling at the minute that it's it's going to be a difficult day for us on Boxing Day. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but we'll see. Dave? Um, if Fletcher is fit and plays, we get a 1-0 win. If we scratch a 1-0 win, I'll be, I'll, that's me being as positive as I can. If he doesn't, 0-0 <laughs> at best. What are we like? <laughs> Bloody hell. Well, just to put my positive spin on it, I think things are bloody brilliant at the moment and I think we're playing really well. And I think it came, I've obviously been one one of Jordan Rhodes' biggest critics 
but also not in a I've said this before not in a in a nasty way I, I don't you know I still I resent him for the penalty against Huddersfield always have always mm. will but I I I, I I've been more disappointed. You know, like when your mum says, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. I've had that with him for the last few years. And so now, uh, after that Forest game, I mean, I missed two of his goals because Dog wanted a bath. <laughs> that time I'd gone upstairs and come back down, we were 2-0 up. <laughs> so I only saw the third. But I'm feeling so positive right now that I think we'll smash it on Boxing Day. I think we'll smash it in the new year. And I think when that points deduction does come around, we can say, well, at least we played well. <laughs> so there's a bit of negativity at the end of the good, tunnel, good you know. It's you. Like... Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talking about Jordan Rhodes, the news has come out this week. So Quest, which is some channel on Sky that I can't get on my Sky. I don't know where the bloody hell it is. It shows the EFL highlights and it shows a bit of Katie Price. That's about it. And they've <laughs> done their ten, their decade EFL team of the decade. And Mr. Jordan Rhodes is up front. So that only begs the question, how bloody good was he like three or four years ago? And what the fuck's happened now? Because <laughs> how on earth he's got into that team of the decade following like a third of that decade, he's been woeful. I mean, that kind of highlights again why we paid so much money for him, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Um, I think you're going back. I think you're being. I think you're being kind. Saying it's just been the last last couple of years. I mean, I think he's gone. If he'd have carried on the first couple of ways, first two or three years of the last decade, and carried on building from that, it'd be England's number one centre forward by now because he was just that that shit hot when he was at uh, Huddersfield and uh, Blackburn. But I think he spent more of that decade off the ball than he has been on the ball, to be honest. But he's still in the team of the decade. There's got to be some sort of they must be adding it up. I know that they show shit pre- programs. You know, it is it is Storage Wars, Katie Price, EFL goals. But there, there's got to be some sort of calculation that's gone behind that team of the decade for him to get in there. Is it Jordan Rhodes? Is there, is there someone else called Rhodes that like <laughs> plays up for, for Preston that I've just like completely omitted from my memory? No, it's definitely him. There's, there's got to it's, be a it's reason. Listen, when he when he was. Um, at Huddersfield, um, he was crash shot, wasn't he? And that was the player that we wanted to sign. That that was, and obviously, I know he was elsewhere as well, Blackburn and Middlesbrough. But you know, when he was at his peak, they were, he was as good a striker in the Championship as there was. And you know, ultimately, that's the reason that we've spent the money that we've spent on him, um, with the, the the sort of the hope that we'd be able to buy a player, or, or we would be buying a player that had that sort of innate ability to find the goal to 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 score. 15, 20 goals consistently a season to lead the line. Um, unfortunately, we haven't seen that. Um, but, you know, the, the the way that we're playing under Monk at the minute, there are little glimpses there and there are flashes of potentially, you know, the way that we've set up over the last couple of games, Fletcher knew who that big target man that he can pick pick bits off seems seems to be the way that um, he's, he's getting back into to, to the form. And the player that we had, you know, the year before and the year before that, we didn't set up in that way. We 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 signed a player that was leading the line and running on his own. And we've seen over the last few weeks that he's definitely a player that is better um, with a target man or a, a, another striker up top with him. Yeah, and he needs Barry's lovely balls as well, he doesn't does he? He does indeed, that's, yeah. That's always crucial. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on just to a little bit of Sheffield Wednesday related news. Um, I don't know if you've been on Twitter this week, guys. I'm sure you will have done. Kieran Lee has gone a bit crazy on Twitter. I don't know if you follow him. He just keeps tweeting, like, my nan texts every so often. <laughs> There'll just be a random few digits come out. And then the hashtag of a football game that's on. I think it was Watford he was watching the other night. And he made no sense whatsoever. But it turns out that his wife has just had another little baby. And that's why he's been off. So... He's had a little boy, can't for the life of me remember his name, but it, it's on Instagram and that. It's it's a baby. It's wearing blue. Is it Lee? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I, I mean, it could be. I used to go to school with a Stephen Stevenson, so who knows? 
Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Kieran Lee on the birth of Lee Lee um, <laughs> on behalf of the Wednesday week. And well done, Kieran, for turning up yesterday. He still turned back up, didn't he? He was still there, warmed up a bit. Yeah. Um, right, so before we sign off, guys, I've got a little Christmas game. So mm. I went to the Sheffield Wednesday club shop today because mum had bought the wrong size shirt for Uncle Nobed. <laughs> so I had to pop in on my way home from work. So while I was there, <coughs> sorry, I had a look around the Christmas gift section. Um, and also these are sort of checked off against the ones on the website as well. So I'm going to give you both a guess to the price of some of these things. I've got six things to go with um, and we'll see how you got on. Uh, the closest one wins. And I will, I've got a pen here, so let me just write it down. I'll keep a tally. What do we win? Right. Nothing. Ah. Um, okay, so <laughs> the, first, the first question. If you went into the Sheffield Wednesday Christmas shop and you wanted to buy three glass baubles with the Sheffield Wednesday badge on, how much would you pay for three glass baubles? Stevie. Oh, $12.99. We're going $12.99. Okay, Dave. I'm going to say a tenner. Dave, you are correct. They are £10. For a bonus point, just because I moaned about how expensive that was in the office, and one of my colleagues is a Leicester fan, she went on the Leicester City website. How much do Leicester charge for the exact same baubles, but with the Leicester City logo on? Stevie? I'm going to go cheaper. I'm going to go £7.99. Ooh, seven ninety nine, Dave. Eighteen pound. I can tell you now, they are eight pounds, so it is one all <laughs> at the moment. So technically, mm. you could just drive over to Leicester, buy you three baubles from there, and then just stick a Wednesday badge on, and you have your days, aren't you? Okay, so <laughs> this one, um, I, I, I don't understand this toy that's come into the club shop. There are a few at the moment. Um, but this one's probably one of the most surprising to me. How much would you pay for a Sheffield Wednesday T-Rex plush toy? A T-Rex plush, like a cuddly toy, a cuddly T-Rex. Like a cuddly toy in the shape of a T-Rex, oh, um, in blue with a little badge on it. Oh, my daughter's got a, an Aussie owl. How much do we pay for the Aussie owl? Um, Fifteen pounds. Okay, Davey? I'm still struggling to process why Sheffield Wednesday have got anything to do with dinosaurs when we've got an owl as a <laughs> Well, I know, they, they do do two dinosaurs, actually. I chose uh, I chose one. I chose the T-Rex just because I thought it's better known of all the dinosaurs. Yeah. But there are a range of dinosaur accessories in the club shop. if you do All the dinosaurs are available. Any. Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, right, oh, crap. Um, I pushed um, £20. Oh, Dave is back in the lead. It is £18. So, okay. Now, there are two versions of this next one. So just just bear that in mind. How much would you pay for a Sheffield Wednesday garden gnome? <laughs> now, that is the whole description. A garden gnome. How much, Stevie, do you think you would, you would fork out of your hard-earned money for a Sheffield Wednesday garden gnome? Um... Would a garden gnome be more expensive than a dinosaur? <laughs> the question on everybody's lips is Christmas. <laughs> I, I think £20. I think it's going to be a little bit more expensive. 20 And Davy? I also think it'd be more expensive. 25 Oh, and he's back in again. It's £24 for a garden gnome. So, Davey is now winning 3-1. Okay, now pay, very, very, pay attention here. Listen very carefully. How much would you pay for a garden gnome with a scarf over his head? <laughs> now, it's not wrapped around his head. He is actually holding it above his head. But the description is garden gnome with scarf overhead. 
Is this like a normal scarf that you get in a club shop anyway? Because that gnome is massive. No, it is, it is also a ceramic scarf as part of the gnome ah, right, structure. Right. No. That's, that says Wednesday on it. That's, that's going to be a little bit more, isn't it? That, uh, 27. 27 pound. 27. Davey? I'm going to play Sheffield Wednesday Logic and somehow that's cheaper and make it 20 pound. Oh, oh. Steve is back, back in it there because it is actually, it's exactly the same price as a normal gnome, but you get an extra star. <laughs> so it's £24. So we are now on to two, three. I've got two more left for you before the special bonus question. Okay. Again, direct quote from the catalogue. How much would you pay for a super chrome pen set? Now, all I could see was that this was a pen in a box and it was made of chrome, but it was in the glass cabinet. I couldn't be asked to hang around. I didn't want to ask anyone. So that's all I'm giving you. It's a super chrome pen yeah. set. Would that be more or less than a garden gnome? <laughs> I don't know how much a pen costs. How much do pens cost? Um, uh, £20. Okay. I bet I'm miles out there. Uh, twelve pound. Twelve pound, Stevie. It's three all. It is actually twenty five pounds <laughs> for a super chrome pen set. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> so it there you go. Super. It, it's super chrome. It's not just exactly. chrome. It's super and it's chrome. chrome. <laughs> Honestly, you could leave it in the bathroom. It'd match. There's all things you could do with this pen. Right. Okay. Now we're at three all. This next one's the winner. However, I do have another one just to double check. How much would you pay from the Sheffield Wednesday Club shop for a plastic tub of Coca-Cola bottle sweets with a sticker on the tub with the Sheffield Wednesday badge? So that's a tub of Coca-Cola bottle sweets with a Sheffield Wednesday badge sticker on the tub. Um. Seven pounds. Seven. This is just Haribo Coca-Cola bottles in a Sheffield Wednesday theme. Uh, the other brands are available. I cannot <laughs> other confirm brands are available. nor deny what brand, <laughs> whether or not it's from the Moor Market or it's Haribo. I don't even, there's no even like measurement of how big this tub is. On the website, I didn't see them in the shop, so I can't guarantee lost, anything. There are other sweets Obviously, they sound amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll see a fiver. Oh, they are actually four pounds. Oh. So David is back in the lead. There, oh, it's four baby. three. Oof. Okay, mm. the last one. How much would you pay for a twenty pound voucher? <laughs> From the club shop. <laughs> now, you've got to bear in mind that you're buying this online and therefore you need to get it at some point as well. And I'm not accepting walking into the shop as an option. This sounds like so it's how one of those little ways to get around the EFL, isn't it? So, no, no, I've got the voucher. £20 voucher for 170 quid. <laughs> <laughs> do that enough times you make a fortune yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck out that <laughs> um, okay <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, 24 quid <laughs> okay 27 pound 50 oh you see we're back to four all now because it's actually 20 pounds <laughs> oh, and- there we go Plus postage of one ninety nine, so it's twenty two pounds for a twenty pound voucher. But all in all, it's not a bad markup, that is it? Spot on. Not, not Spot a bad on. markup. You're only paying a ten percent buyer's fee for, for a twenty pound voucher from the club shop. So we are even, Stevens, as we go into Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's you know it's dec- it's it's decorative. If you wanted to frame it, put it next to your gnome with its scarf, you could do, or you could spend it. You could you could put it towards a gnome with a scarf on its head. That's that is how much that voucher is worth. You could oh, you put could buy, it towards buy four set, four sets a gnome. Of polar bottles, if they had any left. You could, 
you could buy well five sets of well four yeah if you're paying for the the delivery you could put it towards a t-rex you could have six baubles but you couldn't buy a full gnome. <laughs> so that's, that's always a downside. So, okay, chaps, on that note, I will let you go back to your families for Christmas. Stevie, if people want to follow you on the Twitterage, how can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Spendog. That's S-P-E-N-D-O-G-G. Um, constantly ranting about Sheffield Wednesday on there. Um, I'd like to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Oh, what about you, David? How can we find people you can, on the internet? People can come and say hello or otherwise or anything they like at Monty Dangerous and I'll echo Stevie's sentiment of wishing everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, guys. If you want to follow the podcast, you can do so at UWWcast. I don't use that, though. Fudge uses that one. If you want to see what I post about Sheffield Wednesday and the Wednesday week, you can find us on Facebook at The Wednesday Week because none of the lads know how to use the Facebook page, so <laughs> I tend to manage that one. I'm also on Twitter at Victoria1867. Thank you very much for tuning in. I do apologise for my voice disappearing throughout the show and my dog pacing around the front room. She's now eating tonight's notes, so that will keep her entertained. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all of you except Steve Bruce. <laughs> Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday Week, your Sheffield Wednesday podcast. Um, I'm really sorry. I'm quite croaky this week. That that wasn't me that just choked in the background, though. That was my dog, <laughs> in case anyone heard that. <laughs> I've just let her eat a receipt to keep her quiet, and she's choked on it. Uh, I'll start again. <laughs> Did you hear it? It was just like that. <laughs> oh, you can use that as an outtake, Budge. Right. Okay. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing, ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.